When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, yes. Welcome into questions from the audience on the Tim McKernan Show. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Actually in the studios, not in my basement, not in my bed. I'm not lying down, laying down, lying down, nurse. And I'm alongside Gangster Pete. Gangster Pete, the people enjoyed our Irishman back of the sewed podcast a couple weeks ago. We're bringing, uh, bringing it back here for part two of the remix. Uh, it's cool to hate on the Irishman now. I've noticed since that. What is that? You think you think our podcast caused hate on the Irishman? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think I don't know. If I haven't seen us. a more polarizing film in recent years. I can't. Can you think of a movie that gets people more worked up? I, I mean, I think about. anything that's popular, there's always going to be a kickback after people say they like it. I feel like that always yeah, happens. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, if people don't like it, it's cool. Like I'm trying to think of other. What's a movie that everybody likes that you don't like? Got to. I wasn't go. a huge Avatar fan. Yeah, see, I've never seen it. Uh, like that, everybody loved that. I'm not a superhero movie I'm not fan. either. I'm more dialogue. I'm trying to think what's a movie that everybody really liked that I didn't like. I don't know. I know I know they're out there, but I but I can't, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of, uh, all right, you know what I'm going to do. I watch a lot more TV shows now than movies, to be honest. Yeah, that's the way it's kind of going. Of the uh, top movies of 2010s. Uh, let's see what we got. Let's see if I can f- find one that, um, 100 best movies, 2010 through 2019. Number one, Inside Out. So I think that's animation. So now I, Django Unchained, number two. Loved it. I enjoyed it, yeah. Loved it. Might, at this moment, of course, we've only gone through two and I'm not familiar with one. That would be my favorite. A La La Land I've never seen. Gravity, mm. I really liked it. And my wife hated it. I enjoyed it. I'm in the space and all that stuff. Yeah, too. I am. I am. But Black Swan, I've only watched one scene. Take a guess which that one was. Is, yeah. I didn't see it. So the, the film outside of the scene I liked. Yeah, I mean, I like that scene the best. And then it's just dark. Mad Max, Fury Road, didn't see it. Did you see it? It's all right. Avengers, didn't see it. Nope. Coco's animated, didn't see it. Toy Story 3, didn't see it. Um, but my understanding is now as a parent, it would wreck me. That's what I. That's what I hear about these Toy Story movies. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, well, I understand. <laughs> Inception. A lot of people loved that one. I enjoyed that, it. That's that's an example of a movie that I would think if I would have watched The Irishman, how I watched Inception, I wouldn't have liked The Irishman because I wasn't really paying attention, and you got to be paying attention in Inception. Absolutely. So that that would be an example. True Grit. I liked. That's interesting. That's number eleven. How to Train Your Dragon. Animation. I haven't seen it. Looper. I uh, have not seen it. I have saw you, that. You like it? As Bruce Willis and... The great Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. 
Yeah. Emily Blunt. I enjoyed Looper. Um, let's see. Shutter Island. I didn't really care for that one either. I didn't either. Love The Wolf of Wall Street. Excellent. That that and Django Unchained to this moment of the two of the 15. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Didn't see it. Wes Anderson's my favorite director. So I you love it. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of Our Galaxy, another one of those types that I'm not, although James Gunn, you high directed it. Uh, Whiplash, loved that. Great movie. The Revenant, loved that. Oh, that bear fight's nuts. God, I love that movie. And that was one I went into and I'm kind of like, all right, Anna Marie's going to be over here getting excited because DiCaprio and I'm going to just be, I'm just going to be whatever, <laughs> a good husband. I'm going to be cucked by DiCaprio. I'll just sit here and play on Bovada while we watch it. And then I wound up loving that movie. And I think a lot of people uh, didn't necessarily like that. Then some Star Wars movies, Arrival, haven't seen it. Hacksaw Ridge, haven't seen it. And I thought Doug, who really likes World War II movies, didn't care for that. Because his dad fought in World War II. I thought he I didn't, didn't like that one. Another Avengers movie, Logan, uh, with Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. I haven't seen it. Joker, 25. How about that? I haven't seen it. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. I'd like to see it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I might, I might wind up watching that today because we're recording this on the uh, Monday snow day. December 16th, and that's uh, on iTunes now, so I might watch that. I hear that's really good, and obviously it seems like, even though it's not by design, that I'm mentioning some Tarantino movies. I can't that I believe like. I haven't seen that yet. I, it's supposed to be the Beast I Knees. really want to see it, too. DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Emile Hirsch from The Girl Next Door, <laughs> where the juice is not worth the squeeze line comes from. Spider-Man, I haven't seen it. Captain America, I haven't seen it. Avengers, I haven't seen it. And Interstellar. I have not seen Interstellar is fantastic. Boyhood, 31. You remember Boyhood? Have you seen I do that? not. Really? Is That's that... the one where they started filming like 15 years ago yeah, and they that... follow him. I felt that, that felt like homework to watch that. I didn't I think, it, I, it. but again, I, my, it is amazing how, how a perspective changes once you have a child. And I hate saying that. I really don't like saying, I'm not saying, so for those of you who don't have a kid, you can't possibly understand. I'm just thinking of like things that, before god there's a movie that's like seven or eight years old and like i just i saw it now having a son i'm like oh my god my whole world changes like thinking of that movie um and now having a son and boyhood may change in that capacity although that's more about a i feel like the, the patricia arquette relationship is is more of a focal point in that um but still from a parent standpoint oh man god just looking at the cover of that now hits me, but I didn't. I didn't really think that much of it. I thought it was fine. I do think there's a moment in that movie, which was critically acclaimed. I don't think it won Best Picture, but it was nominated for it. That the mom says, "Is this all there is?" And I thought that was like one of the most depressing yet poignant <laughs> lines I've seen in film history. And that was before I was a parent. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. People love that. I have not seen it. Another Toy Story. Have you seen The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, I like I like The Dark Knight. Drive with uh, Ryan Gosling and Brian Cranston. Not seen it. It's entertaining. Uh, the Hunt. Not familiar with that at all. It seems like that's a European film. Um, the Social Network. Loved The Social yeah. Network. Strong. Nightcrawler. Jake Gyllenhaal. Rene Russo. Oh, yeah. Watch that. Not seen another X-Men movie. The Nice Guys with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. I've not seen it. Gone Girl. I'm surprised that's in there. I liked it. It's fine. Seems like kind of like a movie they'd show on CBS like on Sunday nights, but I liked it. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow, haven't seen it. The Handmaiden. Edge of Tomorrow is really good. Is it? Yeah. Uh, the Handmaiden, Wind River, John Wick, Chapter 2, Get Out. I thought Get Out was just so outside the box. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I love that. It. Thing, that 
I didn't know what I was getting into with that one. I didn't either. Holy shit. Uh, Gar, another anime, here, superhero movie or something. Not my bag. The Artist, definitely not my bag. Uh, was that the one that was si a silent movie, The Artist, I think? Or was Chaplin? It, was it could have been one. The Artist. I didn't yeah. see it, but it sounds right. Sleep Tight, not familiar with that. That's Overseas Flight with Denzel Washington. I'm surprised that's in the top 50. And then finally, The Raid. Man, mine didn't make it. What's that? What is yours? Uh, Ex Machina is the best movie I've seen last year. Is that right? It's like a perfect movie. Now I might have to watch it. Who's in that? Because I feel like uh, there's an attractive lass, and I can't think of who it is. Yeah, there is. Creed is number 60. I really liked Creed. Did you like Creed? I haven't seen Creed. Oh, I think you like it. I've heard that it's really good. So anyway, how, how do we get on? How do we get on this where I'm just listening? This is like a Francesa segment. I, that uh, the, the, the Irishman, that's when Gangster Pete and I did a podcast a couple weeks ago. But we waited until the end of it to talk about it. It would have been good if we had Iggy in because Iggy hated it. Um, although it seems like one of the main criticisms of CGI. the film is the scene in which De Niro oh. is beating up a guy. And I have to say, I agree. Having seen the movie twice, I agree. It's just like, it seemed like it was an unnecessary... The scene was necessary. The manner with which it strikes me as unnecessary. But then again, I'm arguing against Martin Scorsese. And so I would imagine he probably would get the benefit of the doubt in this debate. And then furthermore, I'm sure he had a reason, but I don't know what it was. Because I, in one of the mo most famous scenes and perhaps the most important as far as plot goes in Goodfellas, you see from the floor angle De Niro stomping on uh, Frank Vincent's character in Goodfellas. And I feel like they could have done that with this scene, and then therefore it wouldn't have looked as, you know, here's a here's a guy in his, I think he's 76, De Niro is 76, 77, you know, who just isn't as, you know, able to, to move <laughs> as well anymore. And so it does look, you know, he's supposed to be in his 40s, and, uh, and it looks a little you know, off, I guess. But I mean, like it's, it's a, it's like a three hour and 10 minute movie that I think is, it didn't incredible. bother me. Yeah, at all. I mean, I, mean, I think that, you're that, nitpicking that's some people, but whatever. Either way, if some people don't like it or a lot of people don't like it, that's cool. I still, one of my favorite movies I've seen recently and, uh, is always so, some people like something, some people like other things. All right. I just posted, um, on the fan page for, uh, some questions, but I already had a bunch saved in the email and let's see what we got here. And if they're not, they're not going to be read. I just delete them. So if you do email and you don't hear back, if you title it QFTA, I'm not going to respond because I just put it in the QFTA file. So, but otherwise I respond to emails. Hey, Tim, big fan of TMA and your podcast. I love the deep dives and perspective you provide on the struggles and potential of our city. As someone who went away to college only to return strictly for financial reasons, I spent my early 20s just waiting to leave again for a bigger city. It never appeared, but as I turned 30... I've grown to really appreciate and love our hometown. Part of that is thanks to you. Oh, wow. Where's, where's Doug with the gong? Part of that is thanks to you and the discussions you've explored both on the show and podcast and probably a little bit of natural maturing. But that brings me to my next point. I have not yet listened to the podcast with the older gentleman you've interviewed, but I've read your posts in the Facebook group fan page. I'm interested in these men's perspective on family being so important, and I'd like to know yours as well. As someone who has started a family at a stage in life that is considered late by St. Louis standards, I'd like to know if you had wished you'd done it sooner. As I said, I'm about to turn 30, and the option to leave St. Louis for a lucrative job has appeared. As I'm a single guy, this would probably delay starting a family, and I would probably be close to your age when, if I have a child, 
with the idea that as one nears the end of life, it becomes clear that family is the most important thing in life. I am finding myself questioning whether or not I would regret starting a family later in life. I've rambled more than asking a question, but would be interested in hearing your perspective on starting a family later in life. Thanks. That comes from James. All right. There's a lot there. Um, let's see what I wanted to start with, uh, with regard to the podcast with family members, at least as of this moment, I, I, first off, everybody who comes in to do this and Pete and I were discussing before the start of the podcast, we're looking for a name, um, for it. So if anybody has one, ah, now I'm opening it up to, and if you send names in and I don't respond, it's just like, um, thank you, but we're not excited. Then I'm going to wind up responding. Thank you. And then it, it, you know, there was nothing there but it's something I've been spending like the last few days on. And I still haven't come up with one like memory cast or something like that. But like, how does it stand out that this isn't just like somebody speaking into a tape recorder? They're actually being interviewed and interviewed in a studio with high quality, quality sound. Um, and I'd like to think the families so far have, um, have, have come away from it. Um, kind of, I think maybe a little overwhelmed. I, th I don't think I, I read this. I don't know if you saw it, Pete. I don't, I don't think I forwarded it to you. Uh, this is from uh, Tyler. We interviewed his grandfather last week. And again, these aren't public, so I realize people... I had to turn it off. Did I read this to you or did I tell no. you about it? I had to turn it off before I bawled my eyes out. I was listening on my way to officiate a basketball game only the second time I've heard the man cry. The first was when he called me to try and convince me not to join the Army. I was remarkably dumb and naive at 21 and didn't quite get it, even though I knew Jimmy, his brother, which was an emotional time during the interview, had died in the Korean War. Same branch, and I was joining the infantry just like his brother. I can't imagine what that put him through. Um, so that, he, he said he had to pull over and, you know, just it just hit him. And so I'd like to think what people are getting from these interviews is, you know, like, I, um, if you're not, I don't know. I whole thing about doing interviews. I don't, I don't know. And I, listen, anytime anybody gives anybody a compliment, they certainly appreciate it. It doesn't matter. But when I get compliments on doing interviews, I don't really know what to say because it's not like I've like worked at it. It's not like I'm like, oh yeah, now I'm a four handicap, which I would actually take greater pride in because I know <laughs> I would work at that. And interviewing to me is subjective, but for whatever reason, it does seem like when we get people in here, they open up and I have no idea why. Well, I think you but make them comfortable. But I don't know why or how. You make the people comfortable, and they, they already feel like they kind of know you if they listen to the show. Yeah, but I mean, these the two older guys who have been in so far, I don't think they listen. I don't know. And yeah. both of them said that, which is great. I mean, it's a great thing because that's the goal. And not as a compliment right. to me, but it's the goal. I want people to come in here for their family's purposes and hear their story and not be uncomfortable. But it happens, and that's great because then the families get these people's stories. And I'm just... Well, I also think you're Curious. good at asking interesting questions and then getting out of the way and letting them expand, expand yeah. on their feelings and things and not interrupting them while they're going. You know, oh. I think, I think if I was listening to it, that's what I'd want to hear. Yeah, I wanted want the interviewer to get that, yeah, get that fuck out of the way. I don't know. And like I always talk about with, with uh, this is totally like the antithesis of what we're doing with the family podcast. And if you're interested in having a family member interviewed, email me team or current at inside stl.com. Sooner or later, we're going to have a po uh, a website for it, but Pete and I and uh, others involved, uh, we just, we got to come up with the right name for it. I haven't come up with it yet. Um, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, and then that, that uh, like Holly Randall, and I listen to her interview adult film stars every week, and she like jumps in and then she starts talking about her stories in the middle of the interview. And I'm just like, 
bro. <laughs> like, I love that you get these people on because they're usually have incredibly interesting stories. Um, and I'm fascinated by the stag world, but I'm not tuning in to hear like you tell your stories. Like, wouldn't that it just, it seems like natural to me to like get out of the way. So I don't know. I don't have, I listen, what I don't have is the answer. Um, but, but a theme that has come up is family and, uh, James in his email is correct. Uh, James, these won't be posted. At least that's not the plan. We might post some excerpts of them if, if the families and the, and the individuals are cool with it, but they wouldn't be like the private, you know, quote unquote, proprietary moments that would only apply to family, maybe general, like what you're talking about, because the theme so far has been family. Um, and then that gets to your questions as someone is, yeah, your questions as someone who has started a family at a stage in life that is considered late by St. Louis standards. I'd like to know if you'd wish you'd done it sooner. So that's a good question. Um, but I guess I have a point of clarification and that is my wife and I, and I was married to her when I was 30, 31. Um, we tried to have children and we were told we couldn't, we did IVF, we did IUI. IVF twice, did IUI, God only knows how many times. We were told, we were, told we were, just, we we're going to start looking at a surrogate route or adoption. Um, so that's where we were. And we were going to do IVF one last time. And if it didn't work out, that was just kind of, kind of, then we're going to have to kind of look into, you know, what the next play would be. And I'm not sure what the next play would have been. So it was not a choice. However, I will say this. Because, because I can't like speak to, okay, I decided to do this as a strategy and here is what I would tell you about it. Although I realize, and I would say this on the radio often, that in St. Louis, as James, you make reference to, and Pete, you can speak to this, although you're not, uh, in a, in a, you know, you're not married, not in a relationship, at least not as, I, as far as I know, um, that being single or being married with no kids in St. Louis in your late thirties or early forties puts you in a major minority. Would you not agree with you? 37, 38? Yeah. 38. Uh, yeah. I'd yeah. Say I'm in the minority. Right. And then how many married couples of your peers that are around that same age don't have kids? Uh, most of them have kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if there would be one couple, you know, I mean, just, there's a couple that just got married. So okay. that that's the only reason it's coming. Yeah. And, and so, and so and, and it's one of those things where I'm comfortable now. I was only comfortable because my wife was comfortable talking about it. If she wouldn't want me to talk about it, I wouldn't have talked about it. But, um, after the fact that we, we had a really tough time with it. So it was a, it wasn't a choice per se. Um, but I did because of the circumstances live my thirties, uh, married, but without kids in St. Louis, which puts me in, you know, God. I mean, a, a really rare category in St. Louis. In New York, it's like a nothing. But as you made reference, in St. Louis, it's rare. And so my first child was born when I was 40. Um, and personally, for me, but I think this is, I really do think it's a case-by-case -case thing. I kind of had arrested development in that I really didn't start, you know, fucking off until college. Um, and I think part of that, which you'll hear, my dad is our guest next week, uh, and we talk about me bussing tables at Pietro's in my high school years was because I was working during high school and I just didn't do anything. And on top of it, in my class at St. Louis U High, I was like one of the only people in my neighborhood who went there. And then people kind of divide up by what schools they go to. In my neighborhood, they did. That might be, for those of you who grew up in West County or South County or North County or St. Charles, you might be like, what? Who gives a shit? But that's how it was. 
And, uh, and so I was kind of in this weird spot. I didn't have a driver's license because I was uh, super young for my class. So I didn't have a driver's license until my junior year. And so I was just kind of on this island, South City. And so then I really didn't start, you know, doing what many people did in high school until um, college, drinking, fucking off, smoking weed, gambling, you know, whatever. And so I have the maturity of somebody probably in their early 30s or mid 30s but I'm 43. And for me, while in one sense, it quote unquote sucks that I will be in parenting mode until my late fifties, I guess you're always in parenting mode as long as you have a kid, but the kid who's not out of the house, um, that doesn't bother me. And I got to live my thirties in a spot where we traveled a good amount, went to Las Vegas, a shitload to play poker. And, um, and just really enjoyed ourselves, you know, now again, it wasn't a strategy, but I enjoyed it. I guess some people are really, um, uh, I don't know what the right word would be sensitive, I guess, to, um, in St. Louis to being older with kids, I guess. And I, this is something I never even thought about. Like I remember Doug giving the cat shit about, I think Tyler was the son when the cat was 46 or 47 in that range. And I remember Doug like giving him shit about that. And I was thought, what was it like? But I mean, it was, I know Doug was just doing it, joking around. It wasn't like mean spirited, but uh, I didn't really think anything of that. So what you're getting to from the reference to the the podcasts, well, they're not even podcasts, the interviews with the, the people who are now, one was 94 or 91 and one's 84. And they look back on their life. And when I ask them, what, what do you think of at this age that you would have told yourself at 20 that you would have never believed. And they both talk about the importance of family. Um, I don't think that is, I don't think that makes you go, Oh, I better have kids. And I'm not saying that's not what you're saying. I'm kind of straw manning it, but you know, I also think you have perspective in your eighties that I know this might sound somewhat blasphemous, but also kind of makes you forget what you had to do in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and possibly sixties in order to provide for the family. Um, and, and the work and the stress is because when you're 91, you're far removed from it. And when you're 84, you're far removed from it. And so, you know, I mean, like the, I, I said a number of times and it's the truth. TMA would not still be around if I would have had kids when I was having kids at the, like the standard St. Louis age of like whatever it is, 27, 28, 29, 30, um, because I wouldn't have been able to gamble like I did. And it wasn't like these were like batshit gambles, but, you know, calculated risks. But I didn't even think anything of it because it's like, all right, we're going to be fine. It's me and Anna Marie and I know we'll be fine. But if I would have had like two or three kids and they're all under the age of five, I don't think I would have been able to do it. Um, and so that's just, that's kind of the way things played out. It wasn't, like I said, this wasn't a strategy. So, you know, I mean, I guess, uh, when I'm 70, if I get there, Jameson would be 30 and yeah, man, I mean, obviously I would love to have, you know, however, the maximum amount of years with him, but I, it, you're in a different spot, James, because you're asking about it. I didn't have a choice. Um, and, and it just kind of played out this way. But for whatever reason, I didn't really, really start thinking about having kids until 2011, 12. Um, I really didn't. It, I, and I don't know what that was about. I just know that's not where I was. And I 
I, so there's there's not a regret because it wasn't a choice, but that's that's my story. Now, Gangster Pete, um, I don't believe you have any children, correct? Not that I know of. Right. And so uh, you, if you do have a child at the earliest, uh, you would be in your uh 38, 38, 39 age range. If this were you meet a woman and fall in love and get married and then have a kid immediately. Oh man, what a story for the ages. That would be. My mother would love that story. What do you think about what James is saying? You're coming at it from a different perspective, but a relatively I mean, same I'm probably age a bad person to ask because I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. Nice. So if I have a kid at whatever age, I'm fine. I mean, I think it's a bigger, probably a bigger deal for the woman. And as they get older, they, their yeah, and that's another sticking. thing I didn't think about. Like 35 is kind of like a big age for women with pregnancy, not because of like what, like, you know, like a magazine saying, but as far as it, the probability of, of problems in the, right. in the pregnancy increase, which is just, again, I just didn't think that way. Um, but that's, that's a factor. So, you know, that's, that, that's certainly something, but I get, you know, I mean, I remember we had Marcus Allen on the podcast. You weren't here for that one. I don't think, were you? No. And you know, he's, I don't know what Marcus is. I think he's around 60 and I think he has like a three-year-old, you know, and Joe Buck and we, Joe and I have talked about it. Uh, he's now 50 and I think his twins don't turn two until April-ish, March-ish. Um, Jim Edmonds has, um, some young kids. He's around late forties, I think. So, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I know this absolutely love it. And I think, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to, I, I guess what I wonder is if I would have had kids in my mid twenties or my late twenties, which wound up being the time where I was over at diamond cabaret penthouse, whatever it was called and out until three or four in the morning regularly on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, if I would have at that time, not because I would have still been doing that stuff, but I would have been resentful of the fact that I couldn't do it. Whereas now, because I got to do it, I'm like, all right, that was fun. But it kind of was reaching a point where it's like, yeah, how many more poker tournaments can I really play in? And, you know, and I know it sounds weird because I'm sure some of you are like, I would do anything to get the fuck out of here and play in a poker tournament in Las Vegas. But it, it just depends on what your experience is. And I was lucky enough that I got to do that stuff. And, and, and so therefore I don't have you know, the same mindset, which might've been like why when I saw a couple of my friends get married, like right out of college, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? But I, like I said, had arrested development, you know? And so I didn't get to experience what they maybe did experience their freshman, sophomore, junior, senior years of high school, or as I was bussing tables and, and not really doing much. So I don't know that, but that, that's my answer. It's a case of to each their own, but I wouldn't let that answer from the gentlemen who have been in for the the, the yet to be named family podcast um, or family interviews uh, Im impact your uh, your mindset one way or the other. That, that's what I would that's what I would tell you. All right, what else? We'll stay in the emails. Ryan Kelly's the home loan expert, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Without him, we don't have a podcast. So make sure you're supporting our sponsor. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. And with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season, this is a prime time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com.
Uh, hey, Tim, long time, first time. My nephew just signed me into his YouTube TV account, and I'm watching the Blues game live, and it got me thinking. I'm not sure if this question or one very similar has been asked or not. Do you see a time when a station like one of the big ones, two, four, five, et cetera, go out of business or get shut down with other companies starting their own channels like Amazon, YouTube, and then you have Netflix, Hulu, et cetera, and then social media for news and apps for weather. The viewership for regular television must be at an all-time low and getting lower. I think the time of the network sitcom is coming to an end. Local news has to be dying, and I'm not even sure what else is on regular TV. I'm the same age as you within a couple months. I get that the older generation still watches regular TV. Hell, a lot of them still get the newspaper. What do you think will be airing on those channels in, say, 20 years? The networks may still be around, but the TV programming will have to be different. I suppose sports is the biggest reason people watch TV. I really have no idea how it all works, but could you see an Amazon or Netflix buying the rights to air one of the major sports leagues? Sorry if this doesn't make sense. I tried the devil's lettuce tonight. Uh, don't care if you use my name. Thank you, John Allen. Um, yeah, I don't, the, to answer the, like the main question of what do I think they'll be airing in 20 years, I would imagine they will be operating absolutely, totally differently than they are now. And I'd bet everything I have on that. Of course, that's very vague bet. I mean, you got to be specific. Um, I would imagine local news might be more like an on-demand social media app. Um, but then the monetization strategy has to be, you know, perfected in order for that to work. Otherwise it's not going to make any sense, but, um, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, from a salary standpoint, that was going on when I was doing it, which is, you know, 20 years now. Um, and I remember, and I think I've said it before in here, when I, I think, I don't know if Mike Bush said it when we were doing the interview or when we got done, but he said to me, he goes, you saw this coming. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you saw what was happening with local TV. And I go, yeah, how did you not? And I, and I'm not, and I wasn't saying that to be flippant. I'm just like, I mean, if anybody would know, I mean, I think I would have to think Mike's one of the highest paid guys in, in the market as he should be, you know, news and sports in St. Louis since like 84, 85. Um, and it just struck me as obvious, but maybe because he was in the position he was in, he was still making an absurd amount of money. Whereas guys like me, the weekend anchor, they're kind of like, all right, you're replaceable. So here's your 2% raise for another two years. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't, we don't really care. And, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is obviously a really bad business. And I'm not interested in spending my nights and weekends and holidays doing this stuff. It's going nowhere. Um, so it already started. It's just not necessarily maybe obvious to the public, but it's, uh, it's already started. I would agree with you that it's not, I mean, you know, it's funny when I have some television news people on and people go, who is that? You know? And I'm like, oh my God, you don't know who that is. But that, I mean, I, I don't blame them. How would they know? Um, and regarding sports being on like a Netflix or Amazon, that's absolutely where I think it'll be. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if they'll shut down. I don't know if they'll shut down. I don't know if I see that. I just think they're going to change their change their models. I mean, it's just that's just kind of um, inevitable. I think if you would have asked somebody 25 years ago about uh, the possibility of uh, one of the network affiliates not carrying sports in their newscast, you would have said that's crazy. But that's the case for KMOV at five o'clock now. If you would have asked about the possibility of stations doing news at starting at four in the morning or 4 p.m., you'd say, that's crazy. That's now standard. And if you would have asked about, um, you know, all, I mean, 
newscasts going, you know, left and right throughout the day, you would have said, where's where all this coming from? It used to be, it had maybe a morning show and then a new newscast and then five, six and 10 or at Fox, you had five, six and nine. So it just, it just, it just changes. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a need, a need for local news as it's done right now. I don't. Gangster Pete, what do you think? I think there's always going to be a market for the local perspective. I don't know what form that's going to take in the future, but I mean, I think that, I think that there'll be opportunity available for people that want to get local news. Yeah. Yeah. I just figure it might be, I mean, social media, whatever social media will be in 20 years, I mean, who knows? But, um, I just, I can't imagine it being, you know, something that people are like going out of the, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you see what's going on with newspapers, which I do think have great value, but a, and in, in, in a healthy percentage of the population's mind in America right now, they're the enemy of the state. And then B, um, younger people just aren't getting them. Um, and so they're accessing content online and oftentimes it's content that fits their already self-perceived view of that, which is fact or opinion, but then they take it as fact. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, oh, it's your buddy Deebs. Hey Deebs. What up, baby? Uh, Tim, I'm not sure this one isn't about like him, you know, as you know, Deebs, Deebs is graphic with his, uh, yeah, Deebs, Deebs likes to hit the sauce and right <laughs> in sometimes. He does. He's, these all usually sent in after 10 PM. Yeah. This one was sent yeah. in at 10 32. Tim, I'm not sure how frequently interact with new grad millennials, but I do on a monthly basis. My firm hires them like crazy because they are uh, inexpensive to employ. And also, we are a sales branch of a much larger corporation and sex sells. <laughs> the hell? Classic teams. Most of these kids are awesome. Most do not suffer from social justice warrior mindsets. Granted, we have a so super dope internal recruiter who rejects <laughs> morons. <laughs> Is Deeb's married with kids? No, Deeb's uh, is one of my single buddies. Uh, a, that would have been more of my money would have gone. But I def have faith in the character and judgment of the youth entering the workforce. Largely, they scoff at the SJW ethos. Also, the females are fire AF. Thanks, Deeb's. <laughs> I don't really know what the fuck I just read. I don't know if there's a question. It was more like a statement of something we've never talked about. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I guess he's addressing something that I don't think we've spent much time talking about it. Because I don't really have that viewpoint, but that the millennials are soft, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. And or social justice warriors, I gather. I guess that's what he's... Yeah, I like to joke about the soft thing, but everybody does that. But the social justice warriors, I mean, that's annoying in my opinion. But um, So thank you, Deebs, as always. I always enjoy them. This one actually got read. Usually I go, okay, I can't <laughs> read that. Thanks, Deebs. He'll be stoked. Mark Hanna of Evergreen wealth strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people can know but cares. And Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503 or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year, that this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart, and just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. Uh, Tim, has there ever been a time where the cat or dog has come to you and asked, 
to stay away from a certain topic because some of their higher-ups caught wind of something and it was brought to them in a private meeting. The cat having his wings is clear. What does that mean? Cat having his wings? That rent earth the Cardinals? Well, he eats the wings when we talk oh, about stuff. He doesn't. God, work. yeah, I was like reading that. The cat having his wings. Thank you. Thank God you're here, Gangster Pete. Uh, the cat having his wings is clear that he stays away from the porn talk and Doug doing his own show during some sex talk shows. That's not a hindrance. If I had to guess, I'd say it'd be more political or local racial type discussion. I'd love to hear them answer for themselves, but I'm guessing that won't happen as to insulate themselves from the topic altogether publicly. Well, I mean, they don't appear on the podcast. That's the main reason. But uh, honestly, and it's kind of amazing, actually, that uh, the cat and I have been working together for 15 and a half years Doug and I on the show for 12 plus years. And then when you include television, nearly 20 years. And I'm telling you that I suppose, I mean, I guess I can only, I really can only think of like one time, one thing, so to speak, that has been discussed as let's not talk about that. And maybe I'm missing something. Pete, you've been with the program for about a year and a half. Uh, I was a fan of the show before I started working on the show, so uh, I always uh, kind of wondered about this. Yeah. And I can think of one thing that I'm not really supposed to talk about. Interesting. I don't know what you're talking about with that. because I, yeah, I can't tell you right I know now. the one thing goes back to 2004, um, but uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I just, it's kind of amazing. And I, I think what they do, the cat with the wings and Doug start debating whether or not Glenn Hall was a better goalie than, you know, Jordan Bennington on his own in the corner is kind of their pl form of plausible deniability. Um, Smart. Which is, yeah, I totally get it. I think it's, I think it sucks. It like, we like have to dance like TV is like superior, but whatever, it's fine. And that's, I mean, look for them, that's their larger source of income and health insurance and all that. So if I'm in their position, I totally get it. But my reference is to like how this industry kind of goes, oh, well, he has a TV job as if we got to go, oh, well, then it's just, you know, like, cause most of us in our age range and younger go, who gives a fuck, you know? But I get it, and I know the circumstances, so I absolutely respect it. And should that ever come up, but it hasn't, I'd go, okay, I get it. And then I'll go like, all right, I'm going to talk about it, but maybe I'll talk about it on the podcast where they won't be guilty by association. That's the way I would describe it. Um, if anything, I would say, I don't know if I would say Doug shoots from the hip more than anybody of the three hosts, because uh, I think the Plowhawk probably fires off more takes, <laughs> but shoots from the hips more than any of the th three hosts. But I think one of the reasons why I'm more, I don't know what the right word for it would be, because measured almost sounds like it's a self-indulgent compliment that I'm more measured. And that's not what I'm trying to say. I just feel like I'm kind of gray with a lot of my thoughts. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I see it. And here's why I see it. But then at the same time, and I don't really know if that fits to a show that has five people actively talking. It's better for this format where I can explain it. Um... And, you know, some people like it. And then some people are like, oh, that's really fucking boring. I'd rather you just say the Cardinals are fucking cheap and scream, you know. And I get it. I understand that. But I don't want to give the audience uh, an opinion that I don't really think. So I don't do that. And um, I'm not saying that Doug does that or the cat does that or any of those things. I'm just saying that I, I don't really see things too often as black or white. Although I will say this. I'll give you a Cardinals take here. If the Cardinals do not tend to their lineup this offseason... I could be dangerously close to a Plowhawk take Smith this this uh, coming spring training. I, I I'll be absolutely baffled by it if that goes on. Baffled, baffled, and we'll have to reanalyze my previous takes if that's what goes on. I think they're in danger of 
upsetting like the reasonable fan base that isn't like hot takey. Yeah. Like me personally, I give the benefit of the doubt. I like to wait and see, but they need to do some things. It doesn't seem like they're doing anything. I mean, they're losing their cleanup hitter, who again wasn't that great. I mean, he was fine, but he wasn't that great. Like great. And I mean, again, just because they haven't done anything doesn't mean that they're not going to do anything. But part of my thought process was, okay, in the past, they've kind of set expectations. And then some people would feel like they didn't meet those expectations. And then they would like, okay, well, then they'll do something at the trade deadline and they don't do anything at the trade deadline. So now the theory, now the strategy, and again, nobody said this. I'm just trying to make sense of this, uh, is that they're not going to set expectations and then they're going to do something. And I, listen, I was going to give the Plowhawk, I don't know what it was. I think it was 10 to 1 on anything up to 100 bucks. So I could have lost $1,000. That the Cardinals would make a significant move, and we would have to have an arbitrator if we disagreed on the definition of significant. Um, and he didn't take the bet, um, or he did, and then it wound up being a hell of a lot smaller. Whatever. Either way, it, I'm, I know I'm not worried about losing $1,000. But at this point, I'm going, what is going on? I mean, I just... I, this was a this was a below average lineup going into September of 2019, and if this is what it is in in April of 2020 without Ozuna, I'll just be like, what is going on? Mike Schilt talking about Yadier Molina possibly hitting cleanup? Holy shit! Disaster. I just I don't know. I just can't believe. I just can't believe. I just I think maybe they're waiting to see what's going to happen and then make a trade. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm. I'm on the verge of becoming baseball hot take guy, uh, which I believe I was like in the mid 2000s, the morning grind. And I was screaming like a fucking idiot. And I wish somebody could delete all that material because I'm embarrassed by it. You know, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agent. So this is a firsthand endorsement of James Carlton and his staff in Webster Groves. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I think a lot of people just go, okay, well, I've got a guy, I've got a lady, I'm good. I don't really care to talk about insurance. It's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever. And that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way. And then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019 and the basement's flooded and the world changes. It just so happens because my interactions with James have been so positive that my wife and I switched to James Carlton uh, in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now he still checks in, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which of course was a substantial issue, um, you know, we weren't covered on, on something or I've forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. He's like, Hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of. So you're covered. It's just, it's, it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me and I go, oh, it's James Carlton. Here, let me include him on the on the email. And I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope he does OK. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments. So you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. 
James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. All right, now I got here, Pete, so you can see it. This this is a very long email. Oh, it's a novel. Yeah, I just can't read it. Holy shit. Uh, it's about the Irishman. His main thing was he didn't really like it, and part of it was the CGI, and I'm not dismissing the opinion at all. Um, he says, so I'll get to, I'll just like take an excerpt. Everyone knows the part of the story is coming about Hoffa and expect something unique being his remains were never found. I think I felt this way because another of my all time favorite movies is Hoffa with Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito. I much prefer their version of how it could have ended. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's cool to, to each their own again, like this thing, like, um, with, with the Irishman. And again, I'm so, I don't want to get into like detail because I don't want to spoil it for people unless Pete and I start saying, okay, we're done with this, and now we're going to talk to the Irishman. Um, it's cool. If you don't like it, it's totally cool, man. Like I said, we were going through the top 50 movies of uh, IMDb's list for the 2010s and the teens, and, you know, I hadn't seen, I think, 40 of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, some people like some things, some people like other things. It's not, like, I'm going to love that movie whether everybody likes it or not. I don't really, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, but with with regard to the movie with Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito, I mean, that was based on a different story, and this is based on Frank Sheeran's <laughs> book, so they couldn't, like, change what happened. That's what happened. That's what he said happened in the book. So, I, you know, you can't... I, whatever, right? to, to each their own. Is the CGI thing didn't bother me at all. Like, I've, I keep hearing like, people And then Robert bring De Niro had blue eyes, and I'm like, he, they're, yeah. he's Irish, you know? A lot of us have blue eyes. That's kind of the deal. You know, that was the point of that. I don't know. I, I'm much more interested in the dialogue and the storytelling, but like the CGI didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Love. Uh, this one comes from Matt. I don't know if he wants me to use his old name, but it's Matt. Love the Irishman. Did you pick up Hoffa's wife being the girl that would fly back and forth from Goodfellas? I knew she looked familiar. Did you pick that up? I in, did not while watching the movie. Wow. Yeah. Nice play. Yeah. Very nice play uh, from Matt. I gotta go back and look at that. Now. Another Irishman uh, email. They are, they are nonstop. Uh, hey, Tim, you were talking about The Irishman earlier today, and I totally agree that it's a well-done film. I watched it with my wife, and midway through, I commented to her that this movie is amazing. Her response was, is a woman going to talk in this movie at all? It didn't take away how great the movie was for me, but it was something I noticed going forward throughout the second half of the film. Wanted to know if that was something you noticed. Once again, love the show. Uh, all Like always, thanks. Uh, that's from Patrick Lynch. Um yeah, we, t we talked about a story, Pete, when we did our kind of deep dive. Yeah, into Anna Paquin. Yeah, about how she, but her character was, that, that was the point of the character. It's a really odd thing. Um, that was the character. That was the, that was the story. I mean. And I thought the character was powerful without speaking. I just, yeah, that, that, was, the, that was the point. Right. That was the point of the character. So. I, the, the, the reason why I'm banty about it is it takes me back to that article and then about complaints. Patrick, your email I'm not banty about, but it just takes me back to that article. And it's like, okay, that's who they were hanging around. You know, I mean, in, you know, fried green tomatoes where there are a lot of guys present, you know, and uh, what now and then, you know, I mean, it, it, what movies are based? I mean, it's like every time I watch Sex in the City, I'm like, we're they going to man yeah, talk? They're going to portray guys as just doofuses. I mean, it's like, well, I don't know. It's just, it's such an, it's a really fuck. It's, 
I, you know, I feel like people throughout all 43 years of my life, or at least like the 33 I can remember, um, have said every year it's a really fucked up time. I am now in the mindset, and it's really got nothing. To, I mean, certainly the, the Trump thing, I guess, maybe contributes to it. But when I'm talking about it, I'm not thinking of him. It's a fucked up time. It's a fucked up time where somebody who would, I think, and I think people who are familiar with me on the show or on the podcast would go, yeah, he's very liberal socially, uh, would go, my God, I'm starting to go, what the fuck's going on with those of us who are socially liberal? So I, I, that's that's how I would describe it, where I'm going, are we really doing this? I mean, are we really picking this battle? Are we not, like, digging into it? Like, I'm, I'm all for pointing out and fighting against discrimination. But now we're just calling shit discrimination just to like do it. And I don't know what the fuck's going on with it. And I hate discrimination. So it's like, then like the enemy of my enemy becomes my friend. And so now I got people who are bigots are like, it's good to have you on board. And I'm like, well, that's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying. I don't want your support. Even though I think most bigots don't realize they're necessarily bigots in 2019. Um, but I'm talking about like, People like have to defend themselves. Like, like Anna Paquin's like, yeah, you know, I was the one who took the role and I understood why the character didn't speak much. What the fuck? You know, I mean, wow. Ah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. I, uh, Tim, I love TMA and have been a listener uh, since early 2014. I have two questions for you. The first may have been asked before, but I'll take a stab at it. Are Doug's laughing fits legitimate? The answer right out of the gate is yes. Yep. 100%. Uh, in my opinion, Doug is one of the best in the business, not just locally, but nationally. So it would not surprise me if it was performance art, as many of his bits are. I don't know what his his bits are. I, I mean, I guess Hockey maybe. isms you might be talking about, yeah, but that's but not I mean, a bit either. Yeah, it's not, not the top a bit. of his head. It is, which is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. I could it's, not believe it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess you got to see it first. Yeah, like, I, I used like, to wow. see it, and I wouldn't look at him. It was like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I wouldn't look at him when he would be doing those things. I'd be like, I don't, it's like a no-hitter, and I don't want to fuck it up. But, you know, I think all of us, it's, it's just the nature of the beast when you go into being on air. You have to think. There has to be a huge amount of ego in it in general to think that people give a shit about what you say. It's just you might not be conscious of that, but when you take a step back, it's like, yeah, why would people care? I must think I'm pretty smart or pretty astute or pretty amusing or whatever. Um, so I think, uh, you know, obviously there's a, there's, there's at least some form of talent going on in that show for as moronic as it can be. And I've worked with some incredibly talented people and there are moments of talent individually that I go, you know, like whether it be Iggy's ability to like, deliver just asinine shit. I don't know if that's just a case of, you know, just not being self-aware or, you know, he's able to do it. The cat being able to like play the role, these characters and instigators, um, is I couldn't do it. And then how both him and Doug are able to like not break, whereas I'm like Jimmy Fallon and I'm breaking <laughs> all the time. But Doug's ability to do those hockeyisms when they're not written down and they're off the top of his head is nuts to me. It might not necessarily be the best part of the whole thing of the 15 years, although certainly people love it. But as far as like where I sit there and I go, I couldn't fucking do that. That, that, that would be an example that the rest of the stuff I'm like, yeah, I can do that. You know, Doug could do what I do, all that shit. Yeah, I could do what I, whatever. But that I couldn't do. And I just go, holy shit. Martin, Martin, kind of the same way with the impressions and the quickness. Um, but, but the hockeyisms, I couldn't, I couldn't touch it. So, uh, and yes, the laughing fits are legit. And I know 
when I say what it is, and usually it's like somebody with kind of like a dad joke in the text inbox that's going to set him off, <laughs> I know it. Uh, and then it's just like, all right, I'm going to do a couple live reads while this is going on because it's going to go on for a couple minutes. Question number two, have you considered putting Iggy on his own podcast? If you are the engine of TMA, Iggy is the gasoline. I would absolutely listen to a show in which Iggy tells stories for hours and hours, although this is basically what TMA has turned into. Just a thought. Thanks so much. Hope the show goes on forever and ever. Hashtag free dotum. That comes from Caleb. Um, yeah, I mean, Iggy's welcome to do a podcast. He doesn't, I mean, I don't have anything to do with it. He's more than welcome to do it. So yeah, I mean, I think it'd be great. And if Iggy were on vacation this week, I'd bring him in for, uh, questions from the audience. Um, and, and we bullshit. That's really how questions from the audience started me, him and the plowhawk. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Iggy's got incredible stories, but you know, having done this stuff now for a number of years, you kind of recognize what you know, we use the term one, two, three uh, to like for positions in radio. Like in the original morning grind, Martin was the one. Um, I, I was either the two or the three. I don't really know. I guess you could, but, but in this, this iteration of the show, I'm the one, uh, Doug would be two, Cat would be the three and Iggy now is certainly in, uh, very active in the offense. Um, and, and, and that's not like a ranking. It's like the, the ones, the point guard, so to speak. So that's what I'm talking about. And I don't know if Iggy sitting in a studio by himself telling stories <laughs> would work. <laughs> that's my point because he's not necessarily a one and Doug for as absurdly funny and comfortable giving his opinions and kind of, I don't give a shit. This is what I think. And I realize plenty of people hate my political opinions, but this is what I think as he is, uh, we've talked about it before and he's like, yeah. I know who I am. I know what I'm good at. And or I didn't even say that because that would be like, be, you know, Doug's just, that's just not the way he talks. Um, he goes, I just know what I am. And I'm not really interested in doing a show where I'm the lead guy or I'm doing a show like Rush Limbaugh where I'm by myself. So, so it, it comes down. So I, my point is I think Iggy and the Plowhawk, because they need each other to play off of each other would be gold. The Pepper and Genie podcast. I would love it. Um, so I'm all for it, but I don't know if Iggy just sitting in her room telling stories, although it might be so fucking bizarre to listen to. I would listen to the first one for sure. Oh, hell yeah, I would. I mean, he's just talking, but the key to Iggy's stories are the reactions right. that they get. Uh, so, I mean, listen, I'd love it. Pete, you could just sit here and record and like turn your mic off and just listen to him tell his stories. I might trick him into doing it. Yeah. And like, hey, sit down, man. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he could do it. I don't have a doubt in my mind he could do it. It's just like how it would play. It's like I said, I think I said it on TMA last week. I get asked all the time about interviewing Doug or interviewing the cat or interviewing Iggy for the podcast. And I'm like, for what the podcast interviews are, it would be awkward for us. I'm telling you it would be, I know that's, that might sound weird to people. Does that sound weird to you? Uh, a little bit that it would be, I, I, I just, I feel like it'd be awkward and I think yeah, it would I mean, be awkward for them. I think it would be. See, I don't, I don't, I don't see that, but it's interesting. You would know better than I would. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I was the one pushing back when all these people would email like, in or put like on I a think, fan page that I, I should interview my dad and I kept pushing yeah. back and it turned out they were a hundred percent right. I mean, I think an interview with Doug would go break records. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it would, but I mean, then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because I know that it's not going to be like the show, but like maybe people want to get to know Doug a little more, you know, yeah. like cause he doesn't really let you inside all that much. really. You know, like Doug, my relationship with Doug, 
even though I feel like we have a chemistry that is, you know, I don't know what the right word for it would be. Uh, I guess obvious, um, is so like the cat and I, the cat now, the cat and I, just because there's another three years there have been through, uh, the wars together more so than me and Doug have. And, uh, and, and so the cat and I will certainly talk more on the phone when stuff's going on. And there's been stuff, you know, over the years, as some of you are aware of, and some of you aren't aware of all the stuff because it hasn't been public. Um, and so in that sense, um, we have a, we have a different, I have a different relationship with the cat than I do with Doug. As I always say, we get along. Now, Pete, you went to the blues game with the Plowhawk, which might be the first time in show history <laughs> where two members of the show hung out away from the show. Took 15 years, but it's happened, I think. I don't think anybody, I mean, I know you would play golf and I'll play golf with you guys right. with Iggy and Plowhawk and all of that, but I'm talking about like a nighttime social event. Yeah, it was a good hang. Yeah. He's like, I got an extra ticket. You want to go? I was like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. God bless. Um, so, you know, it's it, it's not like, it, I, but I've always thought it was kind of good, even though it's all unintentional, that like me and Doug don't hang out and then the other four, or me and Doug hang out and then the other four don't. You know, it's like kind of we're all, uh, you know, whatever. Well, it's good to get away from the people that you work with every day. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's just because the show is so chemistry driven, it might be weird if somebody feels like they're on the outside right. and then like a joke that really was benign actually had some, the feeling like it had more to it. You know, yeah, whereas now it's like you take a shot and it's like everybody kind of knows it's just what it is, bullshitting around. So anyway, getting to enter, inter, an interview, um, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, if, if people really want to do it, I just... Like I said, I would rather have Buck Swope, I don't know, or, or somebody else. Fuck, I don't care. Somebody else. Uh, it doesn't matter. I just know Swope knows the show. I would be comfortable. I would be more comfortable with that and then playing it on this podcast than me. I think it would be better. I just think, it, I don't know. I just, I feel weird. Like if, like if Howard Stern interviewed Robin, I don't know. But I think, I think the cat and I uh, would probably go deeper just because we've been deeper with the stuff we've been through. Whereas Doug, too, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would be, I, 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 if anything, I guess I would probably call myself envious of it. But, I mean, I've been in a different role with owning the, the content and, you know, this, the, the programming sold by Inside STL, and therefore I guess I'm at the top of the totem pole for six, seven years of it. Uh, when weird shit would happen with the show or stations we've been at in the past, uh, Doug would be like, okay, well, you know, we've been through it before. We'll laugh about it in a few months. It's another, you know, another chapter in the book, you know, and that's just kind of his attitude. <laughs> I'm just like, God bless you. That's why he's an Olympic caliber sleeper because yep. he just doesn't give a shit. And part of me is, part of me is envious of, uh, of that. I'm not, I'm not wired that way. Um, but I, I'm jealous of it. I can tell you that. So like, it would be more about like his career. And I think Doug would really downplay his career, but you don't really see a lot of people. I mean, next to Rich Gould and Mike Bush, I think he is the longest tenured person in the market. Now he would say that's not necessarily a great thing, but it is, it's an accomplishment in this industry, you know? And on top of it, as I feel like I say at least once a month on questions from the audience, you couldn't ask for a better coworker or if you are the employer employee than Doug. He does his job. He performs at an incredibly high level. 
and he never causes shit. I mean, he's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's, that's what it is. Steady Eddie. Oh my God. It's just, it's just, if you, if you give me a, a team of Doug Vaughn's, if I'm an employer, you, you're, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's outstanding in that sense. But he, but part of that is because he just doesn't really get worked up about it now. I mean, he's obviously, you know, at a different point in his life and his career, his kids are all graduated from college. It's a different situation. But I mean, I knew him 20 years ago, you know, right when his youngest was born. And, uh, I, I don't really, I don't know if I really saw much of a difference then. <laughs> so I, so I, you know, we were working together at KMOV. So, um, I don't know if people really want me to do it. I, I certainly will do it. I, I think they'd be good. I think you'd get over that awkwardness and you guys would just get right back into being comfortable with each other. Well, I mean, we're, we're obviously comfortably there, but I'm interviewing them and I, I obviously, am, I don't know. I, I think you feel awkward about it. Obviously. I, I do feel awkward about it because we, I don't know. I mean, the interviews, I. I don't. I, I think they'll feel awkward about it. I, I think. Mean, they'll, they'll, I, think I know they'll both do it. Yeah, but I think both sides would get over it pretty quick. Is what I think. Yeah, I think. But, once I mean, it but started, because, because you'd be like, you oh, know, it's just, we're just talking to our friends again. But I know that. I, that that's that's not the issue. But we, we were talking about at the beginning. We were talking about like the interviews that I do with you know when we have people come in, right? And how I just get out of the way. Mm -hmm. That's what this would be, and that's not what they're used to. You know, they're yeah. kind of like very rarely on our show. If anybody talks for a large block of time, it's Iggy. It's, it's Iggy certainly <laughs> with stories, but then the cat is like interjecting right. or I'm laughing or Doug's making a sound. If anybody like goes on a, an opinion style rant, so to speak, and I wouldn't use it necessarily, it would be me. And then they kind of just let me go. But usually I'm setting people up, getting them the ball, and then I get out of the way, and then I'll read texts and spots, and then I set up another, you know, whatever. That's that's my role. And in this case, they would be doing 95% of the talking, which I want, but I think they might feel awkward with me being the person doing it. But if people really want to hear it, I mean, fuck, they're obviously easy guests to book, you know, so I'm all for it. But I just don't know. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if people want it, it's like my dad, you know, and then... I'm, I'm, gl I'm certainly glad I did that. I mean, holy shit, I really am. And now I got to get my, my mom in here and Anna Marie wants me to interview her, her parents, not for, you know, the podcast purposes, but for the family interview, the yet to be named family interview. All right, let's see. All right. I've gone through interviews galore. Let me see what's got going on the fan page here. Gangster Peter and our snowy questions from the audience. Um, oh, I like this question. It's very simple and stupid, but that's perfect for me. It's from the great Carlos Spicy Wiener, the caddy who ruined the fan page club championship, in my <laughs> opinion. I feel like it's been a while since the uh, subject has come up, but what is your Mount Rushy of St. Louis chicken wings? Gangster Pete, I'm going to yield time to you to give me time to think. It's a dirty tactic, but that's what I'm doing. I know I got one right out of the gate. I got two. two. I got two. My top two would be <laughs> DBs and Cybergs, because I love that Cybe sauce. Cyblings. I'm not sure on my third. I've got I've got three, and I feel like I'm missing an obvious one. I'm kind of disappointed in myself, but I got three that I'm I'm like really super fired what up about. Got? So I got I go Helen Fitzgerald just because that's where oh, I go and pick yeah. them up. But I mean it's Cybergs. It's that's the same thing. Yeah. Cybergs Helen Fitzgerald. So I'm with you on that. Uh, Billy G's backyard wings slash trash wings. They're two totally different wings. So if you give me if you give me two for that, then I'm got, now I'm at three. But if you only want to count one, then I'll go Billy G's. And I love Three Kings wings. Have you had Three Kings I haven't wings? Had them. Bees knees. Now they're kind of like fried chicken wings, but with sauce. They're so good. And as I'm thinking about this, then it makes me want to go get them. And then there's got to be others that I'm just not just not thinking of, you know. And then somebody will like 
post it or email me or DM me, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, fuck, how'd I forget? I always got to hit up CJ's wings when I'm in Columbia. Yeah, I like Willie's wings quite a bit. They changed them. Did they really? Yeah. When did they change them? Uh, how, why would they, they got new ownership. Them? No, it, why yeah, would you food's change? not as good as it was. Really? That used to like, be my when, spot When did they get the new ownership? The uh, a couple years ago. Oh, no. Ah. It's pretty depressing. That sucks. Anna Marie worked there. Uh, yeah, I think I remember that. Oh, is that right? I wonder what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, I'm just Making an observation. Uh, so, yeah, so, so she told me about that operation. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of friends that worked there, too. G-Unit worked there. Oh, did it really? Yeah. That, like, the move on football Saturdays, like, you can imagine, you know, nice-looking woman, and she wasn't the only one that was a Willie's waitress who was nice-looking. That's one of the standards, I believe. I don't know how they do that, by the way. How do you do that without, like, dealing with some kind of suit and i'm and obviously not the only place that kind of is known for that but i mean this was like this was this was high powered here yeah. this wasn't just like oh yeah you know <laughs> they they wear because they didn't wear skimpy clothing they were like baseball t-shirts yeah and they could act they act like they didn't give a shit about who you were <laughs> yeah that 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 yeah that, that makes sense so uh that like guys would like leave their phone numbers on the receipts <laughs> just like God bless, man. I just I don't know if you would consider that game or if it's pathetic. I don't know. Like, I never seen... did that shit or, you know, obviously now do it, but just didn't even cross my mind, though. I've seen guys leave, like, novels on the receipt. Really? <laughs> yes. And I wonder if it ever works. Email me, Team McKernan inside SDLA. It's got to work, I would guess. Yeah, I've never tried it, but none of, nobody that I know that has has ever gotten a call. Or uh, I can't imagine. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to give a fourth one. But I mean, if I if I'm giving four wings, then I'm going Helen Fitzgerald slash Cyberg's wings. I'm gonna go with you on that on that sauce, Billy G's backyard wings, um, then also the uh, the trashed wings of Billy G's, and then the Three Kings wings. But I mean, I know I'm missing something obvious, and then people are like gonna get mad. At Johnny's me had good wings. Just trying to think, and I, I, I don't know. All right, uh, let's see what we got. Timmy recaps who. Iggy has blocked on the fan page, but he provides the deepest questions every week on questions from the audience. And let's see what he's got this week. Do you think there should be lines one shouldn't attempt to cross in comedy? If there is a line, what is it? Is it less about the topic than whether or not the joke is actually funny? Gangster Pete, I'll yield the floor to you. Uh, no, I don't think there should be any lines. If you're funny, it's funny. Like, if you're listening to comedy, like, I don't want to care about any lines. I don't think anyone should care about the lines. If the joke is good, it's good. I'm with you on that. 100% against lines in comedy. I, I, I'm, I'm an absolutist on it. I Me am. too. But I also recognize in practice it's not realistic, especially in 2019. But, I mean, you know, would you have busted out a September 11th joke in October of 20, 2001, you know? Um, but if you're a good comedian, you'll recognize that. And and so I was watching this uh, series on uh, CNN called The 2000s, and they were talking with Larry David. They were showing a 60 Minutes interview with him and how he was able to make Survivor of the Holocaust uh, versus a Survivor of uh, from the show, the TV reality show Survivor, and made it funny, which... You know, he was interviewed and he goes, do you think there are any lines that shouldn't be crossed? He goes, no, I'm comfortable with whatever. And I like that. But God, I mean, now you just see people, you know, I mean, it's just become cliche to say it, but comedians hesitant to play college campuses for fear of, you know, the bullshit that would go on around it. 
Well, two of my favorite comedians are Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle because they both take the most taboo subjects and make them funny. Yeah. Like they, they look at it like a challenge. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take this topic and I'm going to make you laugh. I mean, that's what Chappelle's show was kind of really like. It was like holding up a mirror to, like, the things that people think but don't say. Right. You know? And then somehow just making it so good. Fuck your couch. <laughs> Always wanted to say that on air. Now you got it. Uh, Cut that off. Uh, why do some ostensibly straight men, quote, ironically refer to their wives and girlfriends as their beards? <laughs> Are they actually signaling their blast or latent feelings? Now, this guy who wrote this, the only thing I really know him for on the fan page is being like one of those guys who's really, really into Missouri athletics. At least that's what I thought. And like, he'll be... There's a handful of them that, and I like him. I like him. It's not like, it's not a case. I'm like, oh, this fucking guy. It's that's not it. But uh, this 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 is kind of out of character for what I remember <laughs> by him. <laughs> so I really enjoy. So that makes me enjoy the question even more. I don't have an answer to that. I think, I think it's a running joke on the show with the audience all being heavy, <laughs> repressed gay men. I think that's what I think that's what it's about. I I've never once thought that our audience is made up of gentlemen who are on the down low. It's never <laughs> seriously crossed my mind. Now, if that's going on, I'm going to have to really re-examine my thoughts as I go to these TMA lives. Gangster Pete, uh, any thoughts on this? Do, you, do, you, do your peers, do, does Deebs ever make reference to peers? <laughs> I mean, we do like jokes, but I mean, that's it. Nothing serious. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something else. Uh, all right, finally. As I'm sitting at home on dad duty, what's your Mount Rushmore of snow day activities? A little slutty, slutty, then <laughs> hot, chalky, chalky. <laughs> oh, the fan page coming through. Um, yeah, I don't, ha I don't have a whole lot under my belt at this point. Uh, I would imagine we will, you know, recording this, it's 1213 and it's snowing as I look outside. So I would imagine we'll do some sledding. I know. Anna Marie took uh, Jameson out for some sledding yesterday. Uh, very brief because there wasn't a whole lot of snow at the time, but I will do it uh, with her and Jameson today, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. A lot of people, I guess if I'm in a mindset of everything is just kind of cool and chill, I, I think I love the mindset of the community on a snow day because people just kind of unplug and they're like, nobody's doing anything. Don't bother me and I won't bother you. It's an unspoken truce. On a, just, just because there's a couple inches of snow, it's, it's an, it, but I kind of like it. Um, but I don't have an, I don't have a number of activities. I mean, if poker stars will still, were still around, I would get in a poker tournament and that's what I would do. And if I, obviously if I didn't have a child, that makes it very difficult now. Um, I wish there were like a bowl on today because I'd go, okay, I'll bet the over just for the fuck of it. I don't know anything about either one of these two teams. The best uh, thing about a snow day is that you can be a complete bum and not feel guilty about it. That's the gangster Pete might have just summed it up right there. That's nice. It's a good time to catch up on movies, things like that. Yeah, I agree you with you. Don't feel like you're wasting time. I agree. With that. That's a nice play. That's a nice play. I don't know, man. I mean, when I pulled in here this morning, and I knew like schools and businesses were closed, I was surprised by it. I also get it. I don't necessarily agree with it in the sense that pragmatically, I don't agree with it, but. If you own a business or you, you're superintendent of a school, I get it from a litigation standpoint and angry parents or whatever, you know, I mean, that's just, that's what it's about. I get it, you know, but when I pulled into the lot, oh, I'm driving man to man on Manchester here and there's no one out. And then I pull in the lot and Gold's gym is closed. 
And I'm like, God, I wonder if something happened. And then and they said, no, we're not going to be open until nine o'clock. It's like, this is, this is crazy. But I guess we're supposed to get now like eight inches of snow, which is something I didn't know. I'm just not tuned in. I'm coming in and I'm doing the show one way or the other when I live this close. So it doesn't matter to me. I've been watching the parking lot. It is slowly is getting wider and wider. Does that right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, now that, now that I don't have a benefit to snow days, I really don't care for them. And now that I have a child, which means it's like now I got heavy lifting, so to speak. I mean, again, relatively speaking, I have one. I know plenty of you listening are like, I have three or four and it's chaos. Uh, mine's a different form of chaos. It's not like I'm off. So I'm going to do the show either way and I'm going to be on whenever I go home because I've got a two-year-old running around. <laughs> um, I don't really... So, I, But then business is closing, you know... Yeah, I mean, I, I I get it from a litigation standpoint, but as far as dad duties, I mean, sledding, I don't mean with a, uh, the two-year-old, it's a different deal than maybe like if you had an eight-year-old. I mean, I guess it's sledding still. Any, am I missing anything on that gangster feed? Uh, no, I, I mean, I love sledding. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time to go to InsideSTLShop.com. I, I recommend that. You you restocked some of the merch, right? Yeah, uh, people ordered stuff today. It's, I'm going to ship it out right after we get done here. Sweet. Uh you can uh, take a look at the latest merchandise. I'm wearing it right now. Uh, InsideSTLShop.com. Still getting time for the uh, Christmas holiday. You're always welcome to send in emails for questions from the audience. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, come on out for the uh, TMA Live this Thursday, the 19th, uh, for uh, TMA Live at Hot Shots. That's presented by Bud Light. And I see Iggy is posting things on the... Fan page. <laughs> Who are y'all voting for? Biff can interview the winners of the AVNs. What is this? Favorite camming couple. These are couples who cam. <laughs> and then, <laughs> do, you, do you look at this? No. So, like, there are a couple of, you know, relatively speaking, attractive couples. And then there's, like, two guys <laughs> who I would say are, like, maybe 19. <laughs> what the fuck's he looking at? <laughs> he wants people to vote for the favorite camming couple. I mean, what in the hell is he doing? This is what Iggy's doing with his. So Iggy's got an off day on a snow day, which, like, oh, I found increases <laughs> the sloth, like, exponentially. Uh, <laughs> and now he's arguing with some guy that he didn't include. A la- I don't know what this is. So there's couples who cam, and you can vote for the camming. I didn't even know. The, for as much as I know about the stag industry, I didn't even know this was going on. 19 honeysuckle. <laughs> and now I got to look into it. Uh, all right, there it is. Questions from the audience is in the books on this snow day, Monday, uh, December uh, 16th. And uh, we always thank you for sending your questions. Send them in. I mean, anything's welcome. Stories, questions, whatever. Anything. Anything. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Just thoughts. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be questions. Uh, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. As always, thank you for listening. Gangster Pete, thank you for sitting here with me and wandering through random questions and thoughts. Uh, thank you to our advertisers, TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies at EvergreenSTL.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at CarltonInsurance.net. Design Air Heating and Cooling. DesignAirService.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. And then also... Johnny Landoff Chevrolet Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit online at Landoff.com. Chevy, find new roads for Gangster Pete. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. 
You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.